This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With me now on Fly the W, we have a return guest, play-by-play announcer for your South Bend Chicago Cubs. Brendan King, how are you, buddy? Crawley, thanks for having me. It's great to be on again, and it's even more fun to be talking to you after a division title winner. So excited for some more playoff baseball in South Bend. That's, to me, the fun thing right now is because we've had you and Max and Cole. I see you got your uh, ice cold shirt on. Uh, we've, we've had Tyler Schlafer on. We've had, you know, Porter Hodge. We've had so many, and uh, I got to throw out that first pitch out in, in April. So it's kind of like I've been, you know – just because of location, it's been so easy for me to kind of like follow what you guys are doing. And, and it's such a fun team. This is your first time uh, calling some postseason baseball. Is that right? For the, for the South Bend Cubs. Second time, which is fun. I was on the call for the 2019 championship winner and that was a special squad coached by buddy Bailey and, you know, the likes of Brennan Davis and Cole Roeder, Andy Weber, Nelson Velasquez was on that team, you know, Riley Thompson, uh, the name is just, flash back at you there now at either double a triple a or even some in the big leagues so you know a guy like brandon hughes was in that south bend cubs bullpen at the time so that 2019 championship was fun and then i wasn't around last year but now you know possibly another ring so let's so bk what you're saying is you're the good luck charm <laughs> well uh i could at least get us to the playoffs i'll tell you that what the, the guys do everything into the playoffs but we can carry them inside well, so, so, you know, the first half young team kind of getting, getting their feet underneath them. What happens in the second half that you saw that kind of just started this run that they've been on? That's just been kind of unbelievable to watch. Domination at home is the first thing that comes to mind, Crawley, because the South Bend Cubs have the best home record in the Midwest league. They're going to finish this year, regular season wise with 44 wins at home, 44. That's at least five, six more than anybody else. So I think what Lance Rimmel's team did well is they took care of business at home. Look, playing road baseball in you know, the big leagues or the minor leagues, it's tough, especially with minor league travel sometimes. So if you can take care of business at home, win every series you can at four wins field, then split series on the road and go three and three in these odd six game series. I mean, it's been interesting to adjust those for sure. But I think a total buy in from the guys as well. You could look back at post-game interviews with South Bend Cubs players as early as June and July. Guys like Fabian Pertuz and Luis Verdugo were talking about, I want to go to the playoffs. I want to compete for a championship. And, you know, Pertuz and Verdugo are still around from the opening day roster. Pinango, Casey, um, PCA coming in. It's just been a total buy-in from a lot of young guys that have developed into pretty solid high-A ball players. So the future for them is exciting. 
but absolutely the present. This is going to be a fun next couple of weeks. What blows my mind is that, you know, you think about all the pitching that got moved up to yeah. uh, Tennessee, but then you also, you know, had all infusion of talent also come in for you guys that, that kind of let you keep going the way you were. Look, when you lose Jordan Wicks and DJ Hers on the same day, those transactions were on the same day. We were in Peoria. Wixie struck out a career-high 10. I think DJ's last start in South Bend was four or five scoreless innings in Peoria. And then the next day, they're on their way up to AA Tennessee, which they absolutely deserve. But you're kind of looking at each other saying, okay, there's one and two in the rotation. They're gone. Thankfully, though, you mentioned a couple names at the top of this, Crawley. Porter Hodge and Luis Devers and others have come into this rotation and really have shined. I mean, Luis Devers, who very well could be the Chicago Cubs minor league pitcher of the year, his earned run average at high A, it's still under one. And the crazy part, Crawley, he's had five, excuse me, four consecutive starts now of at least five innings, one run allowed. And each start, his ERA has gone up. That's how good he's been. He's going five innings of one run baseball each of the last month. And his ERA climbs. So Devers and Hodge and guys that have stuck around. You mentioned Cole Franklin. Daniel Palencia has been a beast. So the early season arms are now along with the guys that came up at the midway point, And they're gelling well. So great rotation. The back end of the bullpen has been strong too. And Crawley, we talk a lot, of, we talk a lot about it, Max and I. In the postseason ball, if you want a championship, of course you need timely hitting. Of course you need your starting rotation to be solid. But you need the back end of the bullpen to throw strikes and come in and lock things down. The Cubs have gotten all of that. And, and, and so it was, it was a race at the end between you guys and Beloit. And yeah. I remember there, there's a big series and, and, you know, the South Bend again, like he said, at home taking care of business. And so take me back to Saturday, a couple of days ago, the Cubs, the South Bend Cubs have a chance to clinch. What ends up happening that night? Yeah, Crawley, it, uh, it was a great night. And even though the Cubs lose that ball game, it was a final of two to one. They competed well uh, because the Quad Cities River Bandits defeated the Beloit Skycarp. The Cubs punched their ticket to the postseason, as you just alluded to. That was all set up because not only did South Bend take five of six from Beloit a few weeks ago at Four Winds Field, South Bend lost on Tuesday of that series. That was game one. And they rattled off five straight wins. It was a great Sunday victory as well. And what we are now calling the Opitz game because Casey Opitz homered twice, uh, each from the right side of the plate. He played a tremendous first base. He actually saved a run on an unbelievable running catch towards the sidewall, first base side. He, Willie Mays style, caught it, spun around, threw home, got the guy at home for a double play along with the two bombs. So that was an unbelievable way to end the series. You take five of six from Beloit. At the start of that series, the Sky Carp were within a couple games. Uh, it was viable that at the end of that series, uh, the Cubs could have been in second place in the division. That didn't happen. Take care of business at home, like you said. And then this week, you win the first four against the Lansing Lugnuts, uh, the Oakland A's affiliate that was already out of it when they came in. But credit them. They challenged the Cubs. Each of the first four games of the series were two runs or less settled by. And then there was a wild 10-8 uh, game that the Cubs fell in. Um, but, hey, you know, again, you get some help from the Quad Cities River Bandits. They beat Beloit. You punch your ticket. Everybody's happy and you're spraying champagne. Yeah, last time I talked to your partner, Max, uh, you know, in talking how the postseason is kind of funky the way that it kind of works. It's the winners of the first half and the second half. 
And so as, as far as it goes with, with the South Bend Cubs, their regular season's still not over, and the team they still have to face, they're going to be facing in, in, in the first round of the postseason. Tell me about that team. Yeah, starting tomorrow, the Cedar Rapids Colonels. The Cubs will head to Cedar Rapids, Iowa, to take on the Colonels for six. Then there's an off day after the last game of the regular season. The Cubs will head home, another off day, and then um, you will have game one against Cedar Rapids on September 13th at 7.05 p.m. at Four Winds Field. So, Probably each series of the Midwest League postseason, there could be two series. There's the division round and there's the championship round, which is a little bit different because in 2019, for example, there were eight teams in the playoffs. There were two wild card teams. That's how actually South Bend got into the playoffs in 19. We were the wild card team in the second half, just kind of grazed in, then went on that unbelievable 7 0 run to clinch the playoffs. So different this year, you get a division champion. But it is a bit odd only having four teams in there. But look, uh, each series is going to be three games. And the Cubs have what I think is home field advantage. Now, it's defined as home field advantage for Cedar Rapids because they get games two and three at home. But I think it's so crucial to have game one at home. If you win the first game in your ballpark, you take all that momentum back to wherever you're going. In 19... The Cubs had game one at home against Bowling Green in the first round. Won it, went there, swept them. The Cubs had game one against Great Lakes in the East Division champion at home. Won it, went there, beat them. And then in the championship, it was a best of five series, but the Cubs won game one at home and then went and won two in Clinton. So having that first game at home is crucial, and the Cubs have that this year. But it will be interesting that, as you said, we might have nine straight games against the same club. That's the Colonels of Cedar Rapids, who are the Minnesota Twins affiliate. Now, I got to ask you, have you heard at all or, you know, about potential? I mean, I keep thinking like, boy, how do you how do you slot this rotation as far as starting? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, has there been any word about who's going to get the ball first or, or is it just going to kind of continue with the same rotation the way it's been? I think this week will dictate it for sure. Um, Daniel Palencia did not start this past week. Um, against the Lansing Lugnuts. It wasn't due to injury or anything like that. It was just due to, you know, get them a little break, get ready for the playoffs. Palencia throws 102 plus, and, uh, you know, it'd be nice to have that be even more for the postseason. So Palencia did not start yesterday. So that could shake things up a little bit for the playoffs. We'll see when uh, Danny goes this week against Cedar Rapids. It's expected that he'll make his last regular season start. And then once you get into the postseason, Crawley, this is all just hypothetical by me. I think it'd be very difficult not to give the ball to Luis Devers in game one of that playoff series, just with how fantastic he's been, the consistency of those five inning starts, giving up a run or less. Devers is a guy who was the Chicago Cubs minor league pitcher of the month for May. And as mentioned, I think he's going to win the Chicago Cubs minor league pitcher of the year award with what he has done. He doesn't throw overly hard 94, 95, which again, it doesn't touch a hundred, but, in today's game, 94-95 is kind of average. But he has this sink to his fastball that deceptively pairs with an unbelievable vanishing changeup and then just a wicked slider. It's a great three-pitch mix. I think all South Bend Cubs starters over the last few weeks have shown the ability to mix their pitches well. Cole Franklin has figured it out. Palencia has thrown 94-mile-an-hour sliders. I mean, have you ever heard of that? And, uh, <laughs> you know, De Devers is – money with that sinking fastball. And then you add Luke Little for Myrtle Beach as well. So it's an exciting Cubs rotation. And to answer your question, uh, Lance Rimel will have his hands full with picking that playoff rotation. 
He's got a wealth of arms. I don't know who's it going to be, but again, if I'm making the decisions, I give the ball to Devers game one. Yeah, he really can't go wrong here. Now, not only has the Cubs had just absolutely unbelievable luck at home, they've had unbelievable luck on Marquee Network. Now, <laughs> how, many, how many more games you guys got on Marquee at least? Well, I hope that we might be able to get a marquee game for the postseason. That's not determined yet, but we have wrapped up our regular season slate. Nearly went undefeated. Last night we were on marquee. Cubs fell 2-1. to one. Uh, But, Carly, that's going to wrap up an 8-1 and one regular season on marquee. Four walk-offs. Unbelievable moments. There was a walk-off bomb from Pablo Allendo. There was a walk-off double from Kevin Mate on a Sunday afternoon. There was a walk-off air. I mean, you got a little bit of everything on Marquis. So I think it's exciting that Cubs fans can watch the future of the organization on television. And for me, it's special because my parents get to tune in, my grandparents and everybody around the Chicagoland area. So it's not just cool for Max and I, us both being Chicago kids, but it's cool to share what is coming at Wrigley with you know, the Cubs community. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, now I got to ask who, who, who picks, who gets to do the on-field interviews because <laughs> you know, those Gatorade showers <laughs> seem to be coming pretty, pretty intense, you know, and, and it's not just one bucket of Gatorade I'm seeing, I'm seeing two, three sometimes coming out there who determines who goes down there and, and, and how does that all work out there? Yeah. So Max and I switch on that every homestand. So uh, partly because just to get everybody some reps, but also to give us time to do laundry. I mean, the amount of laundry <laughs> crawly that I have done this summer, it's not even, I go home four days every homestand to do laundry because my my clothes are covered in just purple Gatorade and water and it gets <laughs> sticky. Uh, but no, it's one of the most fun things. That's all headlined by Pablo Aliendo, uh, Gabriel Jaramillo, and Daniel Palencia. Palencia is the mastermind behind all that. He started doing that crap in April where he's throwing ice cold water up. People are like, what are you doing? What are you doing? This is it. We didn't even walk off. And, but, and then it just came to a point where he started doing it every game and it's just become a part of every post game interview. And Crawley, when you win 44 games at home, that's a lot of laundry to do. So that's a lot of Gatorade showers, but the guys love it. They get into it. And, uh, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll gladly take my clothes being wet after a, a fun win. I, I got to tell you too, is that both of you, you and Max, both all of a sudden, the thing that like blows my mind is that both of you, your hair still looks great. You're, you're, <laughs> not, you're, you're not, you're nice and calm. Like if it was me and I was getting drenched in Gatorade, I'd look like a drowned rat, but you guys keep your composure. You look good. You get the, and it's funny too, because the player who gets the Gatorade, you guys get a lot of the collateral damage and the spillage that yes. comes over here. But, but everyone all of a sudden, like when, when you're ready, then boom, you do the interview. It's great. And it, I've absolutely kind of just loved seeing it. Just you could tell how much fun, not, you know, everybody could, you know, I've seen some pictures of the guys after they wanted, you know, previous pictures of them in the dugout from uh, at South Bend Cubs, you know, mm -hmm. pictures, uh, you know, you guys uh, after the post doing the post game and stuff like that. It just looks like everybody's having fun. Everybody's in, obviously winning is going to do that. But it also just seems like the team just truly, truly likes each other. You know what I mean? 
I don't know if I've been around a more con- cohesive 30 uh, in a dugout. That 2019 team was special, and there were some terrific personalities, but I don't know if 30 for 30, as in every player on the roster, was as close as this team is. This is a team where uh, you can take a random guy from the bullpen, you can take a random guy from the outfield, you pair them together, and they work magic on an interview. And, and again, I, I've, had, I've been around some unbelievable teams. My Cape Cod League team in 2016, every single person, broadcaster, player, whatever, was 21 years old in college. I mean, that was a <laughs> blast. Um, you know, I was in Boise my first professional season, had a blast with that team. Uh, my first South Bend team in 2018, guys like Miguel Amaya and Brandon Hughes and others, a great personalities. And then 19, Brennan Davis, Cole Roeder, others. But man, like you get the talent here. You know about it, Crowley, the outfield, Pinango, PCA, Casey, Wogu, Sierra. The list goes on and on. Not only are they excellent ball players, they're great human beings. And by the way, I, I don't think you see many number one overall prospects for an organization participating in Gatorade dumps. PCA <laughs> loves doing it. Actually, PCA got me really good uh, a couple Sundays ago because I was with Casey Opitz after that Opitz game that was aforementioned. Uh, Casey Opitz was, he grabbed me. He was like hugging me. He goes, you're not going anywhere. I was like, all right. So we both just took a massive Gatorade cooler. And then PCA comes over. He gives me a mini Gatorade of all blue. And it's just all over and sticky. <laughs> and so, yeah, great team. We have a lot of fun. And top to bottom, I mean, you know Chris Hagstrom well. My boss, executive producer of South Bend Cubs Baseball, assistant general manager. Chris's team does unbelievable work. And uh, I'm blessed to be a part of it. Yeah, and I got to meet Andrew Berlin and talk to him a little bit out for the Field of Dreams game, mm-hmm. and you mentioned Chris, and it truly is, in my opinion, one of the best organizations that at least I've, I've had the privilege of kind of talking to and seeing what's going on, and, and I really, really hope, you know, you never, you know, it's weird, because you talk about minor leagues as, as development, that's the focus, but you can't help but to want to win, especially a team like this, to, to root for them and, and to want them to go all the way and get another championship. I still got the replica ring from the last time and all, all the, all the good fun that you guys had. It's, it's, that's, that's just, we're, you know, just so many likable guys that you can pull for, you know what I mean? And, and I don't know what the, I mean, you're there all the time in South Bend. I mean, the community has to just be in love with these guys. Yeah. And credit to the Cubs front office, South Bend Cubs front office who have done a great job of marketing the team, selling tickets, packing the house every night. I mean, we're averaging five, 6,000 here this week. And remember, as you get into late August and early September, that's when the kids go back to school and, you know, family nights are kind of waning until winter break or Thanksgiving break or whatever. So credit to the South Bend community, the South Bend Cubs front office for packing the yard. I, I think you could go up to any guy on the roster and ask them, Hey, I mean, is there a distinct home field advantage here because of the environment that is created? And they'll say, yeah, I, I think he could go up too to a couple guys in the big leagues right now. Jeremiah Estrada started the year with South Bend. Nick Padilla started the year with South Bend. Uh, you know, Brandon Hughes, as mentioned, spent two summers in South Bend. Uh, you can ask any of those guys uh, about the environment of South Bend Cubs baseball and getting to play their A ball um, in a town like this and um, in front of great fans and a solid production. I, I know they'll rave about it because they're all terrific dudes too. And uh, like you said about the playoffs, Crawley, it's an opportunity for Lance Rimmel, Cubs manager, really the development side in the playoffs. You can start pinch hitting for guys. You can start using your bullpen like a big league bullpen. You can throw guys a third of an inning, two thirds of an inning. You can go lefty lefty matchup if you want. 
And that was the fun part about 19 when we had Buddy Bailey as our manager. Uh, Buddy is masterful in the strategic thinking of the game. And he was laying down safety squeezes in the third <laughs> inning. And, uh, you know, it's so it, it's exciting. And um, yeah, it's going to be shorter than 19 because each series is only three games. But that's just even more reason to get out to South Bend and catch the guys and try and see them grab another ring. Now you talk about packed houses. I, as a memory, as a memorabilia collector, everybody was jacked up when Kerry came to South Bend and I heard it was packed. And I heard that Kerry was absolutely wonderful with the fans that showed up to South Bend. And as someone who grew up in the Chicagoland area, like yourself and Max, that had to have been awesome to see Kerry, you know, out there and interacting with the fans as well. Fabulous. He got to the park at about six o'clock for his VIP meet and greet that was sold before the game. It was at the performance center, as you know, which is in right field. And then after all the VIPs came through, got their pictures and autographs and conversations, uh, Carrie went out to go sign for the general public. It was in the left center field area where that landing, um, you know, patio games are. And I, not joking, Crawley, the line to meet Carrie Wood among the general public, it stretched from left center to the right field foul pole. It, it was loaded and i can say with fullest confidence by the seventh eighth inning carrie was still there and that line finally finished up he signed every autograph and i think everybody had a good time now i got i got a question do you know if maybe he had a chance to talk to any of the young players or was that opportunity not really there for him he threw out a first pitch and uh, michael mcavin caught the first pitch and mac is a late inning reliever indianapolis kid out of louisville and Kerry uh, uh, credit him because he threw the first pitch without like any warm or warm up or anything. So he got out there and he fired a high fastball and Mac went up, caught it, brought it down, framed it. And uh, apparently, uh, apparently Kerry went up to Mac and said, Hey, thanks for catching that. And he said, no problem. <laughs> so uh, that short interaction there, but I, I think anytime you have a big leaguer around South Bend, uh, the guys try and digest as much as possible. I know Jody Davis, when he was in town, Earlier this year, we were lucky enough to have him in the booth and Jody went down to the clubhouse to chat with the guys. And what's funny is Lance Rimel, our manager, when Jody was managing in the red system, Lance was a Cubs minor league farmhand and Jody coached against Lance. And now they're close because Jody still uh, advises with the Cub organization. So there's a relationship there. And Lance had Jody come in, talk with the guys, give some advice. So that's pretty cool. I love that stuff, man. And like I said, uh, for all for me, and I know for a lot of Cub fans, we're we're excited to see this postseason because it's the only postseason baseball Cub fans are going to get. But but you know, you're taking a look at three of possibly three of the four affiliates being right. in the postseason. You know, Myrtle Beach won the first half. You guys won the second half, and 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 Tennessee's still in it. So fingers crossed, man. This is just going to look really good for the entire Cubs organization. I agree. And we had a conversation with uh, Jim Callis from uh, MLB Network and Marquee Sports Network and MLB Pipeline. And Jim broke the news on our airwaves that the Cubs farm system is now ranked as the 10th overall system in all of baseball. So probably I think that can only continue to rise once you get Cade Horton throwing in the organization, once you see Jackson Ferris start throwing in the organization and all the draft picks from this year. I think Everybody agrees that Jed had a great draft and as did the Cubs organization. So, uh, you know, it's a little different for us in South Bend now because we were typically seeing the prior year's draft picks in South Bend the next year, because when short season Eugene was around, the 
same year picks would go to Eugene, spend the summer there, and then many of them would begin the next season in South Bend. Not the case anymore because short season is gone, and you might see guys in the Arizona Complex League and then start at Myrtle Beach. They might stay at MB for an entire year before they hit South Bend. But, uh, yeah, loaded roster. I'm excited to see a lot of Myrtle Beach guys in South Bend next year. James Chirantos comes to mind, Kevin Alcantara and others. And uh, I, from top to bottom, Crawley, it is a special time in the organization. And you look at a guy – just for example, like Matt Mervis and what he has done this year, starting at South Bend, hitting 350, going to Tennessee, hitting 300. Now in the you know high twos at AAA, and he's barking at the tree, Crawley. I mean, the Cubs have a really interesting decision to make with Matt Mervis with about a month to go in the regular season. Credit to Merv. He's put in the work. Uh, he's a guy that plays with a chip on his shoulder. He thought he should have been drafted in that 2020 shortened draft which was only five rounds. He wasn't. And I remember talking with Justin Stone, the Cubs director of hitting in the booth in South Bend. This was about three months ago. And, and Stone mentioned that the Cubs were literally crossing their fingers and, and hoping that Mervis wouldn't get drafted and then they could sign him. That's exactly what happened. And look what has happened in the organization now. That's it. Like I said, the future is bright for Cub fans. And I, I appreciate you BK jumping on and I will be paying attention closely and wishing you, Max, the team, Chris, everybody, just all the success in the world. And hopefully the next time I talk to you, we're talking about a championship. Thanks, Crawley. Can't wait to get those ring sizes again. Let's do it.